Oh, yeah, that means on a Tuesday, special Tuesday edition of uh, our conversation with Dave Spano, president and CEO of AnnexWealth.com and Annex Wealth Management. Hi, Dave Spano. Hello, Steve. How are you, my friend? How's the new digs? Uh, love it. Can't wait to have you out and take a look at it. If you're driving uh, down I-94, uh, you'll see it on the right-hand side, just uh, just west of Calhoun. Uh, beautiful new office. I love that. Exciting news for Annex. All right, so I, I, I said this on the show the other day, and I don't know if you heard me or not, but I, I'm starting to spend more time in the afternoons, less on politics, more on some of the market shows, the CNBC stuff. Just kind of hearing what people are saying. This, this struck me uh, the other day where somebody said they weren't sure the Fed was going to lower interest rates. First comment on that. Is that your perception of what the Fed's going to do? Yeah, probably not this time. But, you know, there's a couple of things that they can do. One of their tools is just what's called jawboning, you know, and it's just trying to talk things down. But I think they're past that point. So really what they're going to do is, in my opinion, is two steps. Number one is, do you remember all this talk about quantitative easing? Yeah. Well, that meant putting money into the market. Well, they flipped that and started doing what's called quantitative tightening. So they're now going to slow down quantitative tightening. And most people don't see that. All that means is they're just not going to go out and buy as many bonds in the open market. So I think that's a given that they're they're going to do that. But then they're going to look at should they pivot and start lowering rates because 18 months ago, 24 months ago, they started raising rates, went from 0% to 5 and a quarter to 5.5. Now are they going to start lowering rates? I think they got to look at the data. And what we saw last week is a GDP report of 3.3% this past quarter. And that was followed, Steve, by 4.9% the quarter before. So the consumer is still spending. So lowering interest rates to make them spend might be counterintuitive to their goal right now. Yeah, and the other one was these these collective panels, just like on the political shows, they talk about the market. And, and the, sort of the theme of Friday's shows was some of the numbers from companies across this country don't support the market's general general sense of really being high-performing lately. Yeah, there's there's no question that there's growth stocks that are performing more than the market, and that's something you have to be worried about. But the Magnificent Seven continues to lead. I mean, you look at some of these tech companies, I mean, uh, super microcomputer doubling in, in the last number of months. You look at companies uh, like NVIDIA just continued to crank. So those companies, you have to say, do they deserve their price, and, and are they are, are they getting more than what the market suggests? But that's what the market's all about. Someone's willing to pay for that, and that's the reason why you got to go through these portfolios and say, for example, all of these earnings reports that are coming out, do they deserve what the market, and that's really that's what investing is all about. So all these earnings reports are coming out, and they're going to say, all right, this is what we did last quarter and the quarter before that, and this is what we think we're going to do going into the future, and that is really the guidance to, to, to us. We already have seen the report card going backwards. We want to know what they think about going forward. Dave Spano joining us on WTMJ. So when we think about the next couple weeks, I know that there's some big earnings reports that are coming out. You talked about the big seven. What do you expect those to show? Yeah, we think that they're, the, the bar is low compared to where they were a year ago. So if you say, for example, a company expects to make $2.25 per share, I'm just making this up, and, and th- that is something that they can do because the bar is low. So if they come out at $2.40, well, that's better than expectation, and the market reacts to that. But if they miss, if they come out in this part, this, this company that I'm just making up, they come out at a dollar eighty a share, then they're going to get, you know, murdered by the markets. So that's really the reason why we look at 
what is the expectation? Right now, we think expectation is low. It's a low bar to, to get over. And so we do think we're going to get a bunch of earnings reports that are going to be pretty good, but it's every stock for itself. So there's some companies that are performing well and some that aren't, and that's the reason why you just can't blindly buy the entire the entire market. So I get a variation of this question almost every time you're you're on. It's it's the um, the safe five percent return versus any risk in in bonds or the markets. How do you answer that question? Yeah, so you know, there's cash on the sideline. In fact, tonight in our Brookfield headquarters, we're going to do a presentation called "Cash on the Sideline." How to make it work, and that is exactly the question. In fact, we did a presentation uh, last week in downtown Milwaukee as well, and what that was about is people say, what should I do? So I have some money that is in a money market that was getting 5%. If the Fed is going to lower rates, I'm not going to get that anymore. So should I, A, should I lock in that rate perhaps in a CD or some other investment, a bond, for example? And then what should I do with that? So that is the conversation. You have to think about it as a spectrum. You know, on the one hand side, can I keep it in a money market and just wait for rates to go down slowly and still get 45 or 4%, whatever it's going to be? Do I lock it in? That's one of you know in a CD. Do I buy a bond? And you know you have to think about the taxability of the bond. Is it a tax-free bond and a taxable bond? And we often talk about friction. The friction pieces are two pieces. Number one, the taxation of it, and number two, the cost to buy that. That's the friction. And then you can you can all I'll go all the way out to say, should I buy a dividend-paying stock that does pay two, three, four, five percent dividends? but I get the growth potential. That's why every person is different, and there is just no standard answer for everybody. Another great question. The market over 38,000 hit a record again last week, at least the Dow did, and I think the, was it the S&P also hit a record yep. last week? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> given all that, uh, I mean, I'm going to ask this in a non-political way. What factor or what thing gets the most credit for that high number? Donald Trump, did you not hear him take credit for it? Uh, that's really what I was alluding to, but I didn't want to make yeah. it political. Yeah, no, no, he take credit. He took, and <laughs> if he if he can, you know, go for it, bro. I mean, if you can make it go to fifty thousand, let's go. But yes. no, that, that's but no, that he, he, the idea is that he was attributing some idea that that because he could win that the market is going to do better because he's a more pro business, and mm-hmm. that that was the concept behind it. Right. But, um, you have to say there is a democratic uh, there's a democratic portfolio and there's a republican portfolio in other words if you are uh, if your your guy is going to win then you're going to buy stocks that you know might do well you know call it defense stocks or or uh, banking stocks or whatever but if you think the Demo- democrats are going to win do green energy stocks do better and so on and so forth so there's no question portfolios will move more based on uh, who could win but you know there's election year investment myths and, and we do that presentation as, as well and by the way all of these presentations that i'm talking about go to annexwealth.com and hit the events tab and you can see so we have this election year investment myths and it is a myth because at the end of the day uh the company has to, to has to perform and are they going to have more gross i don't care what the widget is that you sell did you sell more stuff more widgets whatever make it up and did you get more income? Did you have more profitability? Then we can put a multiple on that, and that's the true measurement. Uh, one more for you. Um, so this one comes up a lot as well. It's the question um, you always – they're pointing at me, but it could be just as easily you. You always talk about stocks, and but aren't most people not in the stock market? I think with 401Ks, you probably know the numbers better than I do. A lot of Americans in that way, 401Ks, are invested in the markets. 
Yeah, so I think we there's a definition issue. So a mutual fund is a basket of stocks. That's what it is. So you go to ABC, you go Vanguard, Fidelity, whatever, pick a name. They go out and they have this this pool, and they go out and they buy stocks. They buy individual names if it is a stock uh, a stock portfolio. There's bond mutual funds. They go out and buy bonds. So do we talk about stocks? If you are in a 401k and you invested in the S&P 500, that's the standard and poor 500 largest companies. That's what they own. So they own Apple and they own Google and so on and so forth. And so you are in that. So when people, when I talk about individual stocks, maybe they're talking about me. I'm just saying that those names make up your mutual fund. So if you own, if you see Apple's doing something, you may that may be the largest position in your mutual fund inside of your 401k. So it does it does matter a lot. Now, half of Americans are invested. Unfortunately, you can get into a uh, you know a social argument that half are not, and half half the folks in this country don't have five hundred dollars to to say for a rainy day fund so that's a whole nother conversation but the reason why we're talking about stocks is because most people are invested and most people are invested via their qualified plans such as a 401k always great information they spinal president and ceo annex wealth management you can hear his great work on saturday mornings as well on money talk longest running program financial program and uh, easy way to get started like i did get started button annexwealth.com thank you dave spino All right. Thanks, Steve. Have a good day. Absolutely. Some good information there. On a lot of fronts, some good questions as well came through.